Machine. My name is Aaron. And my name is Patricia. And uh, unfortunately, guys, uh, well, we had a really awesome Dream Machine uh, last week with Kung Fu Panda 2. We're going back into mediocre territory, unfortunately. I mean, to be fair, it's not as mediocre as Megamind, but when you had four sequels to this particular franchise and now we have a spinoff, it's like, I was surprised that they were able to continue it the way it was, at least for at this point in time. Okay, then. Well, uh, I think you and I are going to have an interesting conversation coming up so far, so uh, here we go. All right, then. So after the success of Shrek and uh, pretty much that going on its own major franchise, of course there's going to be a spin-off film of uh, one of the characters. Enter Puss in Boots, also known as Puss in Boots uh, Story of an Ogre Killer or Puss in Boots 3D, is a 2011 computer animated comedy film uh, produced by DreamWorks Animation and directed by Chris Miller. Uh, also executive producer uh, Gramelo El Toro and written by uh, Brian Lynch, with screenplay by Tom Wheeler, and uh, even though it's starring Antonio Bandanas and uh, also uh, various uh, other people as well it just feels like um not as memorable as uh, i think many people will probably like it to be i mean i thought it was okay especially with the parts of puss but and and, you know maybe some parts of the villains was also pretty good but i think story-wise it's just middle of the road it's okay it's not horrible. I mean, we we talked about worse DreamWorks films like um, Over the Hedge and Shark Tale, but I think that because the, the Shrek franchise was just running itself to the ground and the fact that, you know, this came out like 10 years after the first movie, I think that, you know, trying to put in some fresh ideas, I think that it did some parts of it okay, while others it's pretty forgettable. Yeah. So, the story takes place before uh, Puss actually meets with Shrek and Donkey, and uh, when he was a swashbuckling hero to protect the innocent. So, the film starts out uh, with Puss escaping from a man who had him in a cage. He narrowly manages to get away in the end, and blows kisses to female cats as he's leaving behind uh, to make his way to the town. So, uh, I mean, throughout this whole sequence, uh, they're obviously trying to make it like he's supposed to be kind of like this, um, not, not an anti-hero, but uh, obviously this uh, kind of like uh, heroic uh, kind of like, uh, you know, character. He's, of, like, he basically, you know, he's they're, they're making him out to be Zorro. That's that's basically the joke is that Puss in Boots is Zorro because you know he dresses like Zorro he does a little slash with the the letter of his name and he's played by Antonio Banderas who also played as Zorro in one of the in you know a few of the movies okay here's a stupid question Uh, what was the original story of Puss in Boots the story of Puss in Boots is that it's about a guy who inherits um, you know, his brothers inherit like the house and the farmland and all he got and the third brother, all he got was a cat. That's basically it. All he oh, got was just this cat. Oh, now I remember And so now. the cat, you know, he is very intelligent and he speaks to him and says like, if you give me a pair of boots, I will help you. And so he does. And so he talks to the king. Uh, convincing, you know, him to, you know, that, you know, his master is like this great warrior and he wants him to marry his daughter, who is the princess. And that's basically it. I mean, it has nothing to do with him being a swashbuckler. And I think that, you know, this Puss in I guess we can't talk about this Puss in Boots movie without talking about the other Puss in Boots movies that came out afterwards, with one being voiced by William Shatner, (laughs) which that one 
I, I saw Nero Angelus's review. Uh, he's on Toon Grin, if you're wondering. Okay. That movie looks so bad. <laughs> like, oh, my <laughs> God. And well, Come on. William Shatner as Puss in Boots. Just To, to be God. honest now, it actually comes back to me because I do remember. I don't actually think he was actually called Puss in Boots, but I do remember like there was this like kind of like a Japanese cartoon that was uh, kind of like the, it was the story of Puss in Boots, and it was like English dubbed. And uh, you can probably tell that like, the English dub was probably really terrible, and uh, it was not in like it's a uh, Japanese form at all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so uh, they did that, and that was on the children's channel, which was you know that uh, TV channel, very obscure children's channel, which I uh, you know, always keep referring to. No one ever seems to remember. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, hey, shout out if you remember the children's channel, like on on Sky Television. So uh, yeah, let me know if you ever uh, remember that. But anyway, going back to Bus and Boots. So um, um, when Bus tries to take take into outlaws, uh, another cat with a mask interrupts and tries to get them as well. Both fail and escape. Bus uh, a lot follows the cat back to a bunch of cats where they fi- both uh, give a. Uh, dance fight and sword fight ending with Puss uh, smacking her over the head with a guitar which upsets uh, the cat so much that uh, she rips off rips her mask off and reveals to a surprise Puss that she's in fact a woman so, yeah yeah so yeah we have this is basically the love interest in this uh, movie so Kitty soft paws and um it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, Puss would later on have, like, so many love interests that we've seen in, like, Shrek 2 and Shrek the 3rd. So um, it's actually quite interesting about how, um, you know, it was, like, this was supposed to be, uh, according to the movie, like, this was supposed to be, like, the main love interest, even though that we never see her again throughout the remaining of the movies. And, you know, she kind of plays off as, like, this badass, very similar to, um, you know, like, Puss himself. And she's voiced by Selma Hayek. And Selma Hayek was also the love interest in the Zora movies with Antonio Banderas. So there is your connection. Yeah. So, uh, here's uh, your weirdness of the film. Uh, apparently, Pussy's adopted brother is Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, that's really weird. Uh, now, I, I guess I can understand where they were trying to go with this. So, you know, there were both orphans, and they um, they called each other brothers because they were close all the time. And their main goal was that they wanted to find the castle so they can be able to get golden eggs so that they can be able to live happily and they can be able to help their small orphanage in their small town. But, you know, Humpty Dumpty just kind of got a little bit too greedy and he started becoming like the villain of this. Well, the second villain of this movie, the main villain is actually Jack and Jill. And they want to do the same thing. They actually got the seeds from Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk, and they're going to use it so they can be able to get the golden uh, eggs as well, so that they can become rich. Man, they, they really are mixing up these fairy tales, aren't they? When you really think about yeah, it, yeah, like Jack and Jill. Like out of all the villains, they could uh, out of all the fairy tale characters and nursery rhymes. Like, Jack and Jill is pretty much nothing. It's just Jack and Jill, they went up a hill to fetch a pail of water, then they fell down, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, like, and I believe Jack got a skull fracture, I believe. In, exactly, in, he got a skull fracture, right. Which, which, which what, mean, was it done with vinegar and brown paper? Like, uh, yeah, I know, um, I know, um, you know... Uh, yeah, I'm sure you can't get that in insurance, but... Uh, I mean, sure, whatever. sure, but, um, you know, Rumpelstiltskin from Shrek Forever After, it makes sense that of why he was a villain, if you look at it, in, you know, conceptually, because he was a villain in the the fairy tale, you know, he, he wants to have a child, and so 
he, you know, convinces um, this other, you know, the convinces the princess that she's going to take his, her, you know, her daughter. And the only way that she can be able to get her back is if he says his name and he never does. And that 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 is the part of the villain part, um, you know, in, in that sense. Lord Farquaad, it makes a lot of sense on why he's the villain, because he was basically a facet of Michael Eisner, who was Jeffrey Katzenberg's boss at the time. And he wanted to get back at him, um, you know, fairy godmother. It was basically like... Um, a reversal of the good fairy godmother that we would know in classic fairy tales like Cinderella and Prince Charming, you know, um, trying to follow in the same footsteps, but not achieving it as well. But they had other villains, you know, they had Captain Hook and they had um, the evil stepsister. So there's that. So they, they try to get a band of villains together, but they could have done other villains than Jack and Jill. It's like, were they running out of fairy tale and nursery rhyme characters? I, I don't get it. And it sounds like they'd be kind of like shoving a load of stories and a load of characters together. Like, it'll be interesting to see where, I mean, apparently there are going to be more Shrek films from, you know, Yeah, yeah, line. exactly. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, what they do in that regard. But uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it just, uh, again, like, this is what makes this, um, uh, this is what this uh, film suffers from for me. Like, they throw so much at you, and, like, uh, you, and it's there on the screen only for a certain amount of time that you kind of don't remember it all. Like, yeah, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot of plot points. So you have the relationship between Puss and Kitty. Then you have the relationship between Puss and Humpty Dumpty. Then you have to stop Jack and Jill from getting the, the you know, the, the, um, the golden eggs. And then they decided, oh, we're going to take the baby because the eggs are heavy. And then the, 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 the goose, who's this giant monster, is going to attack the city. And then it's about, like, saving the city because they're getting broke. And, you know, the orphanage is going to be shutting down or, or they're already shut, shut down. But the, the, the small town is going to be in danger. And then Puss is seen as an outlaw. And, you know, Humpty Dumpty is trying to, like, conflict himself about, like, you know, does he want to do the right thing or does he want to continue on with his goals because, you know, Puss is his brother. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that are going on in this movie. And then they all fucked. Like, it's just... Dude, uh, no. <laughs> Again, like, there's so much stuff just going on in here. It's like, it's just, it's uh, it's crazy. And just, yeah, and, 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 you know, unlike Madagascar 2, in which we thought it was overstuffed, and the reason why was because there were too many characters, and, you know, only a few of them were memorable, and the other ones were just throwaway. This one right here, there's only a handful of characters, but there's just too much plot. Yeah, it's just, I think it suffers massively, because you don't know who, you, you don't, you kind of don't know where to kind of focus your attention, I think, most of the time. And then you go, like, while you're trying to concentrate on what's going on on the screen, it's like, oh, hey, I wonder what's going on in this thing, I wonder what's going on in that thing, hey, I wonder what's going on over there, when are we going to see this character again? It's like, you know, give, you know, give us some, give us some breathing time, guys. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh... And it makes sense for Madagascar 2 to, you know, have that much stuff in it because they had so many characters and each character had to have their own plot going on. It made a lot, and you know, looking back on it, it, I guess it does make a lot of sense on why it was just overstuffed because they were trying to elevate, you know, from the first movie, you know, the first movie was pretty basic, but you know, with with you know, they had Madagascar to play around with, and they had um, they had multiple villains like the lion and the tour guides and such, and kind of King Julian sort of with the sacrifice and the volcano. But here, um, you know, there's only a handful of characters, but there's just so much going on, and I think that if they kind of like tone it back just a little bit, I think that. You know, it would have been pretty decent. Like, you know, it would have been like, it should have been like a simple adventure story. Like we get to know the origins of Puss himself. But Puss is already established as kind of like this anti-hero who has a bit of a track record. It's like, why couldn't it be like his first origin story? Yeah, like, you know, just... when he first got it, when he first started. And here's the thing. 
you know, he's known as the ogre killer because that's why King Harold hired him to kill Shrek in the first place. He doesn't kill a single ogre in this movie. Yeah, it's just, it's, um, again, it's like, it's, uh, yeah, I, th- I think they were looking at this story and just thinking they're just going to shove in as much as they can. Uh, yeah, just, I think that they. Should, I think audience. an ogre should have been the villain in this story because that would have made a lot more sense for Puss's character because he was the ogre killer. Yeah, but, but, but instead but, of Jack but, and Jill, but, but, it should have been Patricia. An ogre. The, the, the ogres are the good guys in the in, in this uh, universe. But this is a prequel. Back then, the ogres were the bad guys. Yeah, it just it's. Uh... I think they. I think if they did that, I think uh, they would have. Uh, I think they probably would have shot it down and said that. So you know, well, that what that will probably undermine Shrek as like a, you know our main character if we have. Okay, fair enough. Ogres. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's like if they did put an ogre as the villain, then you know a lot of people will be wanting Shrek again. And I and and I guess that they wanted this to be a standalone feature. That's fair. I guess. So, as you probably imagine, where the uh, the story is a bit of a headache. Okay, um, I think that for DreamWorks, I think this was kind of like an eleventh hour of trying to squeeze as much of the Shrek film, uh, you know, Shrek franchise as they could right before, you know, the other franchises like Madagascar, Kung Fu Panda, and How to Train Your Dragon would kind of take it over. Out of the four Shrek films, Shrek Forever After was the lowest grossing out of the bunch, and I guess that. Um, you know, because Shrek had already like run its course, they thought, hey, let's see if we can be able to do the other characters. And Puss in Boots was the most popular out of the bunch, which I'm glad because if if I would have seen a movie just focus on Donkey, I think I would have just like pulled out my ears. Yeah, I, well, I, I I guarantee you this. I think they they would never have taken a chance. I don't think with Donkey. I don't think yeah. because Eddie Murphy at the time had a really bad um, uh, reputation for uh, not leading very good films. Exactly. Uh, you know, some of the mo- movies that he was doing around the 2010s was some of the worst that he's done. Like he had won so many Razzies and he had been pretty much just disregarded as like some sort of washed up comedian and, you know, turned I'm going to do a whole bunch of kids movies that they pretty much just didn't take him seriously for a long time. Yeah, it's just as it was, uh, you know, you looked at it all and you just thought, you know, I bet Eddie Murphy was looking at all these films that he was doing. He's thinking, yeah, this is my comeback time. Like, you know, like, uh, this is going to be my biggest thing since the Nutty Professor, and it just wasn't. You know, mm. like, uh... Yeah, so I guess it made a lot more sense at the time that they decided to have Puss in Boots as the focus of their movie, and it became a success because... Well, well, Antonio did... Bandaris has a, has a track record of, like, you know, make it, doing good films and uh, pushing yeah, to was, box uh... office. Yeah, exactly, and at the time, wasn't he doing one of the Expendables movies? Uh, I think he, well... I may I I mainly know him from like he didn't he do like one of the Zorro films and then also he did um uh, what should we call it? he did uh, Spy Kids as well yes he did yeah exactly he did do Spy Kids as well and yes I, I was right he did do the Expendables three yeah so uh, he, so yeah and, again, and that came out record. in uh, twenty fourteen yeah and that came out in twenty fourteen so that came out a few years later so yeah he was definitely doing a lot of films that you know had gotten a lot of recognition for him to be in a lot more roles. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that um, with um, focusing on Puss in Boots, I think for DreamWorks, it was a bit of a success because after the movie, then that's when they did the Puss in Boots animated series on Netflix. And just like with, um, you know, uh, How to Train Your Dragon, it lasted for like six seasons. Oh, well, by the way, guys, I've never seen any of the episodes of uh, the Puss in Boots TV series. 
I have not either. No. So uh, really all I know, I, I just like heard about it from afar, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Puss in Boots having an animated series is like I can see where they're like you know that they're coming um with you know they're coming from with that idea because oh you know Puss in Boots can travel to various places and have a whole bunch of adventures or you know if they do want to take it into like you know that one village that they're at in the movie then you could have Puss and Kitty and Humpty Dumpty oh, well Humpty Dumpty it, it Humpty Dumpty it, it, it's kind of like hinted that he died at the end but then he did didn't because they put it back together again like in the nursery right it's it's complicated yeah but yeah they they do have um the puss in boots animated series and eric bowza is the voice of puss instead of um uh, antonio banderas which makes a lot of sense because very similar to kung fu panda um you know mick wingard is the voice of poe instead of um jack black so um I take it that, you know, very similar to um, the, the character of Puss, you know, it would be like him traveling around and having a whole bunch of adventures, which uh, very similar to How You Train Your Dragon. I can see that becoming like a huge franchise in itself in which like they have a lot of places to go to, unlike Penguins in Madagascar, in which they're just stuck on the zoo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the one thing we have to really talk about, about not just this film alone, is the promotion. Oh, God, was their promotion. Uh, mm-hmm. for this film like uh, there was trailers all over the place there was tv spots all over the place like you knew this film was coming out and you knew exactly what the date was going to be and yeah so, so uh, they, they really wanted they really wanted to push this film into um again probably like another franchise spinning off into a series of sequels very similar to how shrek turned out to be but instead they decided to do it into the animated series which you know netflix was just starting to become really popular and exclusive shows we're starting to become like a new concept with like BoJack Horseman and such. So I guess I can see like, instead of like doing it on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network, they decided to do this on his new platform. And they've been, they've been doing it ever since this would be like the starting point in which they would do this because they would do this for the cruise animated series. They would do this for the how to train your dragon series. When it moved from Cartoon Network to Netflix, the and I can't, I can't believe it's it exists. You know, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron has an animated series. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, we have the later animated series from DreamWorks, such as, as the Peabody and Sherman cartoon. So, you know, they, this would be like the starting point in which, like, instead of like doing movie sequels, they would do animated series and they put it on Netflix. Yeah. So, um, I mean, eventually this could potentially could become its own franchise because uh, Puss in Boots 2, uh, Nine Lives of the Forty Thieves is uh, still scheduled for release in October. Yes, it is. And very similar to when we discussed last time about how um, Chris Melandondry from Illumination Entertainment, he wants to continue the Shrek franchise and doing a reboot. And they're doing the same thing with Puss in Boots. So, yeah, the franchise is still going to go it's gonna, it's still going to go on, which, you know what, I'm, in, I'm really curious about how that's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. So, um, is this film made a $554 million at the box office on, on its $130 million budget, so uh, it did make money. So. Yeah, it, it, was, like, it was a modest success, yeah. It was, it was okay, and, you know, I can understand why some people would like it, because it's different from the Shrek franchise, but I think that 
um, with the, I think it's just a little bit overstuffed with the plot. It's like they could have pulled back a couple of things or maybe focus on some things that needed some more development. Like I would have really liked it if it was like a full on origin story of Puss's character, like, you know, him eventually becoming the ogre killer and traveling around to different places and saving people. And, um, I, yeah, you know, they were, you know, they were throwing in a whole bunch of, you know, nursery rhymes and fairy tales into this. You know, you have Puss in Boots, Jack and Jill, Jack and the Beanstalk, Humpty Dumpty, and, you know, everything just like crammed in all at once. And, um, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's nowhere near as like boring as Shrek the third and Shrek forever after. I just think it's okay. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's uh, all we've got to say on this film. Uh, pretty much, uh, pretty simple. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Not, nothing much to say. Cool. So for me, Aaron and Patricia, take care and bye for now. See you later.